amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is our States of Wrestling speeches. We have a number of people who are going to speak, um, two minutes or less. Any topic, as long as it's loosely wrestling-related, they want to talk about, and then we'll talk about their speech. And uh, joining me in this endeavor of madness, as always, is Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I'm doing fine. You know, last year when you came up with this idea, I certainly thought hmm. it was an endeavor of madness, and it turned out to be one of the best shows of the year. So who knew, you know, that it was gonna that was that's the way it was gonna work out. So I'm looking forward to this. We've got an interesting crew of people calling in, and they'll be calling in from all over the place. We have one calling from the Everglades. We may have one a person calling in from the Grand Canyon. So uh, hopefully this all goes as planned. We either will have somewhere between six and eight. Uh, con- I started to call them contestants, participants, <laughs> speakers. Um, yeah, it's so going to be it's going to be great. Different. I mean, you know, the the original concept was <clears throat> to hear from people that we usually don't hear from. And to keep everybody to two minutes in order that they really just get to the heart of the issue, uh, whatever the issue they feel is compelling enough to talk about for two minutes. Now, I think this year, maybe people learned a little something from last year. Last year, the excuse of a number of people was, well, Aja, who went early, she kind of said what I was going to say. And I think this year, people are going to make a sort of conscious effort to talk about things um, very different from one another. So I think in that way, it's going to be very interesting. Like Tommy Pitts sort of warned me that like, I'm not going to talk about what people think I'm going to talk about, <laughs> which I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, but uh, it certainly, you know, it certainly bodes something uh, pretty uh, remarkable, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, um, we got a few minutes here. I know we're going to talk about impact wrestling a little bit because you got some scoop on yeah. that. But I, I did see the movie The Invisible Man. Have you seen that yet? 
I have not. What did you think? Because, I mean, it's supposed to be part of Universal's dark universe, but apparently this movie, they were not going to shoehorn in with the rest of the disasters that have happened. They're going to treat it as its own entity. What did you think? Well, number number one, Elizabeth Moss is a fantastic actress. Mm. Just fantastic. And her presence in this movie made a world of difference. The story itself, camera work was great. If you if you like um, being scared uh, and shocked, there's plenty of that for you. I thought the story itself had some major holes and it's some major logical flaws that made it hard to suspend disbelief um, with what they did with the story. So I guess it depends. Like if you if you're into that like horror flick stuff and and, and there's some real there's some there's a couple like real shocker things in there. So. Um, a mixed bag, but yeah, to see a great performance, Elizabeth Moss, wonderful, just wonderful. I, I'm, I'm curious to see it, um, certainly. I, I went to Onward, the new Pixar thing with the kids, and I was a little worried. Um, you know, with Pixar, it's like 90 to 95% of the movies that they've put out are brilliant. and then But then that 5 or 10% that aren't brilliant are terrible, and I was afraid. I'm like, am I walking into Cars 2? Am I walking into The Good Dinosaur? Or am I walking into something like Up? And I got to say, definitely the latter. Um, it, was, it was beautiful. The story of the two brothers was great. And the relationship they had with their father. I mean, you know, one of my kids, the older kid, just spent, she says, I cried through like a third of that movie. It was incredible, and it really was. It was just an amazing experience. A reminder of how good movies could be as well, because often a lot of them are pretty terrible. But uh, I'm excited about yeah. Invisible Man. I definitely, it's, it's right up my alley, so I definitely oh, want it's, to check it, that out. It's creepy, and there's some real good special effects. And, yeah, overall, I liked it. But like I say, the story um, – was some logical holes for somebody who's in mental health when they're portraying someone as crazy. And she did a great job of it. Some of the things they said were like, Oh no, that it wouldn't work like that. That's not what would happen. So I could just, I just couldn't get past that. But you know, the most, the most discouraging thing to me was the previews for the other movies. They were up in Chattanooga at the majestic theater, which is a wonderful theater, okay. but there's, there's so little that looked interesting to me. No wonder these theaters are just dying. Yeah. Uh, this, so this was the opening weekend, uh, Saturday night, and you know I couldn't resist. I had to count the house. There was like mm, thirty people for the prime sh- oh, for the man. like prime time showing on Saturday night. There might I think that you know I know the box office and, and that film did the best box office of any film uh, that opening weekend that the weekend of the twenty eighth twenty ninth. But yeah, there was thirty people in there. What they got they big ass theaters. Do... I don't. <clears throat> I think what they need to do is to get Chris Nelms to manage the theater because then that 30 can turn into 140 <laughs> and then they'll be okay. So. Well, speaking, speaking of numbers, you had some numbers on impact. Yeah. Let's talk about impact. So one of my laments in the full disclosure, number 49 that came out yesterday was people weren't really talking about impact and it was there in Atlanta. Like certainly the boys had no interest in going. I mean, the, the raucous party that happened at AEW did not happen at impact safe to say. And, um, you know, I, all I could see was some scattered pictures and then they had like a, a sort of like a, a spoiler summary, you know, Kara Hogan beat Rosemary, blah, beat blah, but there was nothing in detail. 
And, uh, but somebody messaged me um, privately and said, this is what I've heard that they had 250 each night and most of that was papered. So that definitely does not bode well. Um, which actually wouldn't surprise me in the least. Cause like I said, just anecdotally, I didn't hear of anybody who went to that fucking show and that's not a good sign. Not one person had, I mean, I think only, only uh, Paris, only air Paris was there with his family, but obviously he got sort of like the Royal treatment and he had a great time with his kids. Like I always have a great time with mine going to wrestling shows, but he was the only person that I saw who actually went to the thing. Um, I, I know that Josh me. Wheeler and uh, murder one were there. Uh, okay. And, and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Taylor did the ring announcing, but beyond that, I don't know. Yeah. I think David yeah, I Weekly think, was there if I'm not mistaken. I don't, um, I'm pretty sure David Weekly was there. It just seems like a shame to me. I'm glad. I'm glad Josh yeah. and Murder were there. It's just, yeah. <clears throat> they're still one of the, arguably anyway, one of the big five in the country, and the one where you would think the boys would have the best chance of getting a gig, really. Um, and yeah, and and you know, Kiara Hogan's on the card, and and all that kind of stuff. But I was just really shocked that nobody was there, and apparently not a whole lot of people were there to watch it anyway. So well, just and clearly. New Japan outdrew them hugely from from based on that. Um, yeah, I said. I mean, I said both nights combined for Impact would not equal what New Japan did. Though <clears throat> Dave Meltzer uh, certainly went in hard about uh, the New Japan tour. Did you see that? Yes, I did about the disappointing mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, just to touch on that for a second. I, yeah. Did they did they really expect more? I wouldn't. I did, wouldn't. Didn't expect they would do better than they did coming through the South with New Japan. Did did, did New Japan have illusions? Did did uh, Brian Kenabrowski have have uh, illusions that they were going to draw more than that? I I didn't. I thought that was about what they did. About what I thought they'd do. I you know I, hope springs eternal, and you know the the dream of the Japanese has always been to break into American market, right? like Inoki, Baba, like all of them dreamed of really being a star in the States. And it's really never happened for any Japanese wrestler. And I'm talking about crossover major star, not just somebody who, you know, did okay in the United States. Like Muda, as much as he's admired and loved, his American career wasn't what you would call like, you know, super over main eventer. Um, and he's probably the closest, right? It's always been their dream to break in. And, and if that meant that they had to buy the NWA world title for a week or they had to buy the WWF title for a week, that's what they did, right, to kind of create this notion that we're international star, we're going to make it in the American market. So, I mean, New Japan obviously wants to do well. They did well with this stuff with Ring of Honor. But, again, when we're talking well – but what did they draw in California? Didn't they? At one point, they drew three thousand, right? Yeah. So California, they they uh, they did very well. Yeah. I mean, it would seem to be unrealistic to expect those kind of numbers, but you know, if you're in the wrestling game, not being realistic is a big part of your makeup mentally. <laughs> if I'm being honest, even at the top levels of the game, the guys sometimes have these incredibly unrealistic expectations. Um, speaking of which. Um, 
WrestleMania, you know, there's no smatter. There's, there's sort of like buzz of, you know, the NCAA basketball has now suspended play, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It does beg the question. I mean, and, you know, we would only be guessing at this point, but, and certainly nothing in Florida has slowed down yet, right? Now, I can just speak anecdotally because it ties into the work that I do that, you know, all of these big conventions have canceled, right? right? So there's, there's parts of Orlando that are like, I mean, you know, it's like 70,000 people, these like medical health professionals have this big convention here and 70,000 people didn't show up and uh, McDonald's didn't show up. I wonder, you know, what is that going to do to WrestleMania as far as, I mean, I figure they're going to put it on unless they're told that they absolutely cannot put it on. That's what I think. But what's that going to do to their numbers? And residually, what is that going to do to those numerous shows, those literally dozens of shows running in Tampa the week before? Um, Because they... I mean, that, that is the very definition of trickle-down economics is the indie shows that run around WrestleMania week. Well, so. I've been just wondering in general how um, the coronavirus is going to impact wrestling attendance and wrestling crowds. Um, I, there's part of me that thinks they'll be the last ones to not go to shows or to, you know, be, because of it. Um but yeah, do, do any shows feel compelled to cancel because of it? Um, right. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. It's certainly not looking good right now. Um, as far yeah, as it's the, not. The, um, the U.S. numbers uh, growing. Um, but yeah, I was wondering, like, at what point, like, even Georgia wrestling, the fans are saying, eh, I don't know if I'm going to go to that show. Um Right, because, I mean, if they're, they're closing down the schools in Georgia, right? Like a teacher turned up with it. And so yeah. now, a whole, you know, I was talking to Matt Hankins, and he was saying, like, yeah, my kids are not in school right now. Now, my kids, starting Friday, they're on spring break regardless. So, right. you know, Florida public schools starting on Friday, they're going to be on, in any case. So, And Disney certainly is showing no signs of shutting down, and the hotel's are still at high levels of occupancy, but everything around the convention center is a ghost town. You know, they're like 10% Mm. or less occupancy. Um, And Tampa, of course, is, is a tourist town. I mean, that's, that's part of the appeal. That's part of the reason they want to have WrestleMania there. Plus they have that gorgeous stadium and all of that. But I mean, at what point are they going to go having gatherings, large gatherings of people? Because in Japan, they just shut that down. Right. I was reading where New Japan was just the Japanese government just basically went like, look, no large gatherings. And so New Japan has I think they're doing a press conference today, basically, that's going to say we're not going to do shows until I think they're for the entire month of March. They basically said, don't do anything um, before the 25th and then we'll reevaluate. So. Hey, clock on the wall, 7.15, time to dive in to these speeches. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ready Ready for speaker number one? Uh, I'm definitely ready. Let me, get, let me get the clock ready, but yes, please. Who do we have on tap first? We have Pro South promoter, booker, wrestler, Ace Haven. Excellent. He's here Ace. right here and now. 
Hello, Jim. How are you there, Ace? Good. Good, man. I'm so glad you agreed to do this. Um, I just find what you're doing. I, I will not lie and say I know a whole lot about it, but, I mean, the word on the curb, anything Larry watches, not begrudgingly, is that's that's a pretty good sign that you're doing something good. So you you've got something great going on at Pro South. Um, did you want to did you want to preface what you're going to talk about for two minutes, or did you just want to go into it? It's totally up to you. I think really what I want to get out there is more our Pro South mission statement because I think for the longest time there's been kind of a confusion about why we're actually here and what we're trying to do. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Um, whenever you are ready, start your state of wrestling speech. Okay, so the mission statement behind ProSouth is to help make the business better than I found it. It's designed to help green, you know, green wrestlers get footage that they may not get elsewhere, uh, to get experience that they may not get elsewhere, especially with the weekly format that we run with the very TV-based format that we run, you know, they get a they get a kind of experience and a level of experience that they're not getting in a lot of other places. It's not necessarily exactly better experience. It's just a different experience that they're not getting at your typical live event, you know, your once-a-month spot show uh, on the road 400 miles from home. You know, th- these are the same crowds they're seeing you every week. You can't just best of track one, best of track two. You know, you have mm. to get a little more creative because these fans are seeing you every single week. And this stream is seeing you every single week. And you're working cameras and you're working in, a, you know, a studio type setting. Um, and, you know, thankfully we have such great veterans like Huckabee and, and Jeter and, you know, people like that that have been coming in and really putting the focus on the young guys and really giving back. And, it, you know, it, it's made me feel good to see because when I was coming in, it wasn't as much like that. And I know that wasn't that long ago, but, you know, it's changed vastly just since I've got in. I don't know. What's that? What's that? that? Do I have time left, Steve? Yeah, you got 30 seconds. Look at that, 30 seconds. But, you know, we've really springboarded people. You know, Trevor Eon really used this as a vehicle to kind of find himself and, and get himself out there, you know, and and – to some degree, I kind of had to give him the boot to, to get him to leave, you know. Um, it was very comfortable for him, and, and I needed him outside of his comfort zone, especially if he's going to go further than where he's at right now. So, you know, we're also not afraid to give you the boot if we think you need to move on to bigger and better things um, and not just continue to grind down here in Piedmont every Friday. Absolutely, man. That's two minutes, but, yeah, we can continue to talk about it. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> so the live crowd, I, I'm just going to ask a blunt question. How is this thing going to be viable? Like, what, what's, the, what's the revenue source? I hate to ask such a gauche question, but I'm assuming the live crowds aren't the main focus. So uh, are you able to sustain things? with what you're doing with the live crowd, or is there another revenue source? Oh, that's a good question, because looking at the live crowds, I mean, anyone that can do simple math knows the live crowds are, are not paying for these events, they're not paying for these shows. Um, right. And you're right. The, the live crowd has never really been the primary goal 
of what we're doing. Uh, we would like, of course, a big house like anybody else would uh, for financial reasons and for just, you know, general performance reasons. It's easier to play yeah. to a full room than it is a, a you know, three empty walls. So, you know, of course we want a, a, a larger fan base, but, you know, we have revenue coming in from various different sources with our, with our uh, you know, our Patreon, and then we have our, uh, okay. you know, our super, our super chats through the actual live shows. Um, you know, and then there's a little bit of ad revenue through YouTube as well, but if you've actually watched any of our streams, which I, I don't know that you have, Steve, but I know that Larry has, um, we don't run ads during the actual content. I'm really steadfast about doing that. Uh, you know, this is not a commercial-based show. This is a pro wrestling stream. So we air any of our ads, you know, they'll air before it, during intermission, or at the end of it. So, you know, it's not like we're nickel and diving people. We're just trying to get, you know, a little bit on the side as well. Um, gotcha. But, you know, but it, it's it's been viable. You know, I don't know how long. YouTube money's volatile. That stuff like that, a lot of you know stuff that's really dependent on fan support. That's all volatile. So, but it has just been viable for now. Yeah. Uh, how did you come up with this this model of doing something? Because nobody else is doing anything quite like it. So, how did you think of this model? Was it like necessity forced it to happen, or was this the direction that you really wanted it to go? We've always wanted to really pursue getting our our please out there. Um, that's yeah. something we've always pursued, you know. And, and at some point in time, you know, we were doing matches on YouTube here and there, um, that kind of thing. But we got into a deal with a with another internet streaming. I, I don't want to call it a channel, but I, I guess you know, company, an internet streaming company. We got into a deal with them, a little local one around here, and uh, we're doing really good numbers on that. But then they kind of screwed us in the back end of that when it came to money and, and airing things and placement. So we dipped on them after about six episodes, but the numbers were so good. I wanted to continue streaming in some form. So we moved to Facebook first because we had had some success in Facebook Live. So we did that, and that did okay numbers, but it didn't do the same numbers as, you know, streaming on, on the local company. So we started really starting to pursue YouTube after that. Um, and it's been it's been a fun little ride for us. Um, you know, it took us a little bit to hit hit all the marks that we had to hit on YouTube to get our content featured. Um, but we had a lot of great communities working with us in that. A lot of Discord servers, um, some Reddit groups. You know, really reached out and tried to um, kind of think outside the box a little bit on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I mean, we'll have to go to the next person soon, but, uh, you know, you're going at it, you're doing your own thing. The the thing that I'm excited about is hearing about what a what a good booker you've become. I, I think that's it's one of those things where Pro South has become yours, and uh, you're definitely making the run. And the, if you've got a group of the boys that are steadfast believers in what you're doing, I mean, that's already a great foundation to try to make them. So, uh, you know, that tells me a lot about who you are and, and how the guys believe in what you're doing. And, Ace, you know I've got more questions, but we're going to – let's do that in a more in-depth interview because I'm, I'm curious about some of the things – your ideas about the way you book things there. I'm, it's very intriguing Absolutely. to me the way, you, the way you do things there. But I guess we're going to have to do that at another time. 
But thanks, thanks for kicking us off, Ace, and uh, best of luck with everything, and congratulations on the success that you're having at different promotions all around Georgia and with Pro South, man. Just great stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. I'd love to come back on, Larry, whenever you're ready. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right, Larry. So he got us he up, got us going. Got us up going. Next. Up next. The world traveler. Eric Walker is on the line. Oh I don't know if I'm ready. Eric, is that you? Yes it is. How you doing, Steve? Larry. What's hey, hey. going on, man? <laughs> This where man, are you at? Where I'm, are you at tonight, Eric? Where are you calling us from? Um, I'm at my home in the UK. All right, the UK. All right. <laughs> How are things going over there? I have a, I have a couple of friends that live in London, and I guess they had a bunch of storms last week. How are things happening right now? Um, the storm is kind of hitting the Wales area, which is about about an hour south of me. Okay. They kind of tore up a few things down there. A couple of promotions down there aren't really running right now because of it. Wow. Well, did you you are you are you ready to jump into your two minutes, man? I have been prepping for this the last couple of weeks. Oh, snap. love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Whenever you're ready, the floor is yours. All right. So if I had to go into anything, it'd be the lack of self-introspect in the wrestling and the ability to ask yourself the hard questions. So often I've been seeing everybody saying, I'm underrated. Why am I not getting these opportunities? I'm not getting paid what I deserve. Promoters are saying attendance is down. People aren't sharing flyers. The boys aren't doing this, that, and the others. And I have to constantly ask the questions, what are you truly doing to affect the change that you want? Are you truly being undeniable? Or are you just using that as the buzzword of today? Promoters, are you out there glad-handing, doing everything in your power to where if the boys don't share flyer one, there are still going to be 500 people in that building? Mm. Wrestlers, did you let pride or ego or a few dollars stand between you and the one opportunity that everybody believes is going to change the game? We love to say that this is a business, but at the end of the day, are you worth the return investment to a promoter or is it merely a self-assessment in what I've come to term as looking rich in wrestling, that, oh, I don't leave the house for X amount of dollars. Market reflects a value. Now, at the end of the day, no smart promoter is going to leave money on the table. And I've heard this from literally upwards to New Japan affiliated people that being a good wrestler isn't enough. In this emotionally and mentally crippled world, can you honestly draw some kind of emotion out of the fans? Are they truly buying what you're selling? Or the just, oh, that was cool, and that's it. Did you truly connect to them? You know, mm. I say this because I've done it, I've lived it. I've heard it straight from the horse's mouth from places and people that everybody's trying to get to. I only say this because I want to help and inform. So at the end of the day, there's two choices. You can either take it on board or don't. The choice, as always, is yours. No. <laughs> Throws down the gauntlet. Throws down the gauntlet. Dude, I, man, this is going to sound so patronizing as hell, but 
the amount of growing that you've done in the last few years is stunning. It's stunning. Why do you, why do you feel like this is a message that you needed to deliver to the boys? What what compelled you to want to do this? Because it's you know even when I was in Georgia, there was always this feeling of you know I'm not this I'm definitely doing something wrong, and it's because you know what I met you when I was what four years into the business, and I didn't yeah. have someone there like hey this is what you're doing wrong. Like everybody can say what you're doing wrong, but no one's actively trying to help you fix it. You know, like I was just, I was telling some of the guys at Rev Pro, like, hey, listen to what's, like, go listen to the Pro Wrestler's Handbook and all this stuff because this stuff is actually going to help you instead of just, you know, leaving you by the wayside, which for the longest time in my career, that's what people, it felt like. I was just left by the wayside. I had, you know, a few people here and there help me, but not, you know, somebody taking an active interest in my career up until like the last couple of years. Yeah. Man, I just think, you know, the, the boys would love to have the career that you're having. I mean, obviously through work, you travel around the world, but you really actively have been looking for bookings abroad and making them happen. I was really interested in the fact that you wrestled for Dutch you you wrestled in the Netherlands because those are guys that I have a connection to because I trained a couple of those guys, Marco and his friend, um, for a limited time in Atlanta. And so they used to bring Shane Marks to their show. I was really happy when you went and wrestled for those guys. Um, yeah, you know, when, when they put the press release out, I'm like, I didn't tell them who trained me. So when I messaged you, I'm like, do you know these guys? And like... <laughs> And like even and and, it, and it's funny like the whole time I was there like they are they are still raving about how good Shane Marks is. And keep in mind this was what seven nearly a decade ago. Yeah, they are still talking about him over there. Like yeah, they used to bring him and uh, Chris, who's Phantom. They would bring them there to wrestle. They liked him so much. So, but man, yeah. I mean, you're you're a success story. You know, um, and I think the message coming from you is just very powerful. I really like it a lot. Larry, Larry, do you you remember Dynamite Soul, don't you? I I absolutely remember Dynamite Soul. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you going out of your way, calling all the way from the U.K. and, uh, and bringing that heavy word down, man. Um, just a really great message and an important thing that everybody needs to hear, not just the boys, but promoters and everybody else too. All right. I mean, keep it up. I say I got a, I got a lot more. So, you know, if next week, you know, another tipping point, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, man, at some point we got to have you on Talk about all the places that you've wrestled and the differences of all the places yeah, that absolutely. you've been abroad. I want to hear about some some of these countries you've been in and what your experience has been like. So we, it's another one we have to come back to for for a more in depth interview. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, guys. I, I, I do I do have to do a little promotional. Oh yeah, real quick, okay. if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, this Friday, I'm at Broken Ring Wrestling in Bradford, UK, run by our own Thomas Spitfire Johnson. 
and I'm at Revolution Pro Wrestling in Portsmouth, UK, on Saturday. Nice. Nice, man. Well, keep making it happen. Keep putting out those freaking World Walker videos of the places that you visit. I love them. I love them. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Larry. Cool, man. Thank you. All right. Okay, we're going down to the Everglades. Uh Uh-oh. Yep, going down to the Everglades. This is Prop the Croc Johnson coming to you live from the Okie Pinocchi, the state of Georgia wrestling. Well, I think the state of wrestling right now is great. Uh, we got a um, merger almost between the South and the North, and, you know, something I'd like to see is a more of a talent exchange uh, between the North and South. I'd like to see more of the guys down South go up North, and I'd like to see more of the guys North go uh, down South. I think we get that a little bit with companies like Spinebuster and uh, Southern Honor, and especially at PCW, I see a merging of talents from all over. Um, but something I really uh, would like to see from people here in the near future is a focus on promos. Because I really feel like promos really sell the character, and it really tells the story of who that person is. Um, moves are great and all. Um, especially up north, we got some really, really talented guys um, doing some great high spots. And it's just great to see the athleticism. But at the same time, I like to see a little bit of, um, you know, who they are as a character, who they are as a person. Uh, it's something I'm trying to do myself um, with my, uh, you know, gimmick. I'd like to see um, people trying to push their promos out, trying to develop their character more and more. And that's something I really want to do. And I don't want to make sure, you know, I practice before I preach. But I want to see, you know, more entertaining promos. I'd like to see more vignettes. I like to see more hype packages, and um, companies like Southern Honor are doing a good job with that, and um, I think Spinebuster, you know, is doing a good job too. Um, you know, I just want to see people pushing themselves, and I love seeing the way yeah. David Ali and guys like that, uh, Hold My Beer Hans is another one, they push themselves on social media and really try to get over the fact, you know, that they are who their character is in real life, in their shoot jobs, and in every aspect of their life. Well, thank you all for listening to me. Y'all have a good day. God bless. Nice, man. You know, I, I'm i looking forward to, you know, the show I'm going to is pro wrestling action, Heroes and Villains, which is having who's yeah. having their debut show. And the Hold My Bear Hansen is trying to get a group of people down to come see it. So I'll get to meet him for the first time, hopefully. Um, but by the way, because we may not have time for this at the end, Larry, where are you going this weekend? Do you know? Uh, probably anarchy. I'm pissed. I think I have a, a family thing that's going to keep me from going to AWE, and I may have to miss Alex Shelley should be too, which pisses me off. Oh. But, um, that's yeah. I want to see that show. But anyway, that's the way it looks for me. Um, and apologies okay. to uh, Proc the Croc. He's in the Okefenokee Swamp, not the Everglades. So, um, oh but yeah, yeah, that, yeah I, I didn't I find much to much to disagree with in what he said there, as far as like the emphasis, more promo and character work being being really, really. And it's important. happening, you know. I you know when I put that video show together, the comfortably platinum. I mean, that's going to be an easy one to do. I've already saved three videos for next week, and that was like in the hour before we came on the air here. I was just like thumbing around Facebook. I'm like, oh, there's a cool video I can talk about. Oh, look, Alan Angels has another promo. I can see that if he's improved. Oh, this other person put out this. I'm just like, 
damn, man. Like, I think it's great news that guys are putting out promos. Um, I just, it, that's what you're going to have to do. That's how you charm. I saw Rudy wrote a thing because he was just at the performance center training again, training people. And he was just like, I just tell you guys, you can do all the moves you want. It's the promo that's going to land you the gig. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go to another uh, audio here from this Hold My, Hold Beer, my Hanson. Beer Hanson. This is my first time calling in for the Stay of the Wrestling podcast, but i got to say a few things. Since day one, I've been an advocate for online content. You know what I'm saying? you got to post your videos. you got to stay in the limelight. Keep active. Have more comments on your stuff. Talk to people. You know, being, being on social media is a powerful tool, and you got to look at everything, and it has to tell a story about who you are as a person, what your quality and your vision is. We're all a business out here. As wrestlers, everything is about hopefully one day making money. You know what I'm saying? So what you need to do is, well, you know, you're putting out this video, but is it actually helping you? You're doing this cool move of you, you know, possibly breaking your back on this death-defying stuff. Stunt. But did the guy in the third row actually chant your names? Did he care that you did that? If you're doing all this for no reason, just other than to pop yourself and the boys, then you're doing it wrong. Wrestling is about entertainment. You're supposed to get the people invested in you. You can do all this cool stuff all you want. You can be a great worker. But guess what? If they don't care who you are, then guess what? You're wrestling for nothing. Be aware of what you post. If it's bad quality, you know what? Just take a step back. Work on it. See what you could work on and just work on your strengths first and get better at those things. It may not be now, but work at it. Social media is very powerful. If it lowers your stock, don't post it. If you're hurting yourself by shooting on another guy, then you might want to take a step back and drop that. You know what I'm saying? And then if it raises your stock, go ahead. Try to be hungry. Grab for more. Georgia wrestlers, promotions, managers, everything like that. Cut more promos. Be more socially active. And you know what? Just create more content for people to feed off of you. As a business, you want more of you out there. Y'all have a great night. And this is Hold My Beer signing off. Nice, baby. Look at that. And, I mean, it's, it's worth noting that Hold My Beer Hansen has been doing this only like over a year. You know, (laughs) and uh, he's very worried. You know, he's constantly talking, constantly concerned, constantly checking in. And uh, I mean, I know Matt Hankins loves the guy. I just those guys that are willing to kind of go out of their way to promote your stuff and promote themselves. What's not to love? You know, Um, there's nothing there to really disagree with. Did you hear anything, Larry? No, I mean, we've talked in here before about being careful about putting your best, let's put it this way, putting your best foot forward in social media. Yeah, it's important, but don't put, put stuff out there that's not good, that does damage to you. Be careful about what you put out there, too. Make sure it's good stuff. I mean, yeah. nothing to disagree with there. Yeah. Man, we're, we're cranking right through these. It's pretty awesome. Uh, ready for the next one? Absolutely. All right. Next up, viral booker James Caleb Kitchens is on the line. Oh boy! What's going on, gentlemen? Hey man, hey. how's it going? Welcome how's to the going, Point. And Larry, I did see Invisible Man, and I I agree with your uh, 
assessment on it, but I have to say that like the tension and drama they created was masterful. It was Agreed. good then. You you liked it as well. Yeah, I liked. I mean, it's like Larry said, the plot had some holes in it, but I mean, like the environment that they created, the tension they were able to create, and like Elizabeth Moss's uh, acting, it was fantastic. I was worried, you know, because when they, um, you know, this dark universe thing that they try to do with like the mummy and stuff, it was just god awful. And I'm glad that they sort of treated this thing as its own entity and just try to put out the best movie that they could. Certainly the the posters and the promotional stuff for it, I thought were really effective. We go to me and the kids go to the movies a lot. And that was one of their favorite posters to pose next to was the Invisible Man one. So it's awesome. Yeah. I'm not normally a jump scares kind of guy, but I liked it. So cool. Well, man, are you are you ready to go? Did you want to preface what you're going to talk about? It's your your show. I'm, I'm so ready. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm going to promote Viral Pro, but I'm going to throw some shade in the process. So, oh no, start throwing. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Well, whenever you're ready, sir, get to it. All right, guys. 2019 was called the year of the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. In 2020. I can assure you the disparity between the two will get even larger. And the reason I can tell you that is because the drive and the effort that I see from the haves is still not something that I see from the have-nots. It's not something they've embraced. And it's not about money because there are money marks out there booking shows all the time, and those shows just don't draw, especially not consistently. Now, the Georgia wrestling scene is a microcosm, and I'll give the folks listening a chance to google that is a microcosm for the national wrestling scene as a whole and what i mean by that is that the overall business the overall pie is not getting any bigger but the fans and the money they can and do shift around and viral pro is about to put on the four biggest shows we've ever put on and that's starting with undeniable on april 18th we just announced chip day versus matt sells for that show today and i've got five more matches that could be show stealers in the chamber So in short, if you're running a promotion, especially in East Georgia, I am coming to drink your fucking milkshake. (laughs) Oh, my God. You can't go wrong with their woolly blood. Oh, my God. James, if I could. Um, You know, you you have different kind of promoting styles, right? And Georgia has traditionally, and Larry can back this up or he can disagree with me, but I think the overall attitude of the promoters of old was good old boy, get along, you know, aw shucks, you know, sort of playing the role. Um, But now we have a sort of a new breed of promoter. I think not, not that you're necessarily the promoter for viral, but you're definitely a guy who, who speaks on their behalf a lot. I think you, Gary Lamb, and to an extent, Josh Wheeler, are not sort of like get along good old boys, right? You, right. No, not one of you fit that mold in the slightest. Do you think that this is – do you think you guys are the forerunner of how it's going to be? Um, or at least the ones that are achieving success, or do you think you guys are just anomalies in this whole thing? Well, I think you're definitely seeing a changing of the guard statewide mm. in, in various different places. Um, 
and I also think too, though, that a lot of that, like in hindsight of the, Hey, everybody needs to like work together crowd. I mean, the people that are saying that are never the A plus show, right? It's always, I want to work with a bigger promotion so I can jump on their coattails kind of thing. If the A plus shows really got together and had a super show, and I'm not advocating for that because people will run wild with that. Uh, but if that really yeah. happened, I mean, those same people saying promotions should work together would complain about it. <laughs> it's probably true. I, I mean, you guys, since your inception, have like, you know, it's been fire and blood, right? I mean, like, you know, fighting with Bushido, fighting with PWX. Do you think those things um, slowed down your growth or actually helped you? Well, I, I'll be honest. The fighting with Bushido didn't help us at all, right? I mean, mm. it, honestly, me just saying their name on social media was more promotion than their promoters willing to give them, right? So mm. I think that definitely like slowed us down, and I'll, I'll accept responsibility for that because a lot of that's on me. Um, the fight with PWX, though, is very public and I think maybe helped us. Um, a little bit because, I mean, in my opinion, I think we just kind of leapfrogged them in that process. Mm. Yeah, I think they were regarded as, I mean, you know, it's the old first day of prison thing, right? And they were the biggest bitch in the yard, right? And you like, right. I mean, you guys you guys kind of unapologetically smashed them in the mouth and to the point where, I mean, when I heard about the billboard thing where people were putting up billboards for viral shows right next to PWX's like home base and all that kind of stuff, I remember thinking like, Wow, you know that's that's it felt very throwback in a weird way of when wrestling promotions were like really in your face and you know and Gary Lamb has long advocated that you know I'm here to be fucking number one and no 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 he's been saying that since day one and you know he always focused on an enemy which used to be GPW and now I don't know if he has one um, but yeah I mean I think that's a very answer what's what's ahead for viral I mean your obviously your goal is to be number one. But is there is there any other goals? Well, uh, you know, right now it's not the best time to have the catchphrase "get infected," right? Um, but we definitely yeah. do have some some big goals. Um, you know, we've got our second Garden City Classic coming up, which is basically our return to Augusta. So I want to make that a big show. I want to hit 500 this year. Um, you know, we we were in the four 450 range last year for a couple of shows. Um, both of those shows had, you know, major national talents on them. You know, Christopher Daniels, James Storm. I, I'd like to hit 500 without using a national name. Just, you know, have people come to see the brand Viral Pro and the the talent that we use on a regular basis. That that's the that's the long term goal for me for 2020 right now. Cool. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Great job. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Rolling right along here. Sorry about that. Ready? That's okay. That's okay. A little, little, little slight technical glitch, but um, we're ready now for the next participant. Pro wrestling circuit promoter Tommy Too Much is on the line. Awesome. Hello, fellow. Hey, Tommy, how are you? Well, I'm Cadillac and a Dragon. 
You know, you were the one person that I specifically requested, and the reason is uh, I think you're doing something very different at Pro Wrestling Circuit, and um, and you've always been a guy who's just not afraid to throw your throw your voice out there. I think in a day and age where people are very mindful of what they say to to a fault, honestly, uh, you're not that guy. So. I, I mean, I, you, you implied that you were going to talk about something that I would not expect. Um, so, I mean, whenever you're ready, you can just jump into it. The two minutes, it's all yours. So, Well, from listening uh, to the other guys, this is just basically uh, opinions, right? Whatever. So, and it sounded to me like the title was the state of Georgia wrestling, right? Right. Am I correct with that? It's the... Well, okay, yeah, I'll start. It's, it's the state of wrestling speech, yes. All right, well, I'm going to call this Tommy Tumich's State of Georgia Wrestling from a fan point of view. Number one, yeah. if I can throw marijuana in the stands, so can the fans. So if you draw 200 people on your first show and the parents don't bring their kids back, don't know, don't, don't guess why they didn't show up. You know why. Number two, if bookers and promoters don't know how to keep workers in the back while there is a match taking place, come to Pro Wrestling Circuit on March 28th, and they'll show you how to do it. Number three, if you have to say things like, motherfucker, fuck you, suck my dick, you fucking cunt, you fucking fat bitch, you need to get back in the training ring and learn how to actually get over the wrestling way. Number four, rare rest workers, wrestlers, should focus more on entertaining the paid fans instead of their two friends sitting in the back on a chair watching a 22-inch monitor waiting to see if they're able to get all their shit in. they got to do better. Number five, if a wrestling reporter states that a show was bad, but the 275 people in the fans enjoyed it, was the show really bad? Wrestling reporters report opinions. They have preferences. They have their favorites. They should work off the fans' response. Number six, why are people so worried about which old-timers are going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? You want to know what needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Finishing maneuvers. Why? Because you don't steal me anymore. Guys the size of Ace Haven are out there kicking out of maneuvers that should put someone the size of AJ Steele on his ass because they're too manly to get pinned. However, they're not too manly to take a roll-up. They need to do better. Number seven. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the only wrestler to look cool at a wrestling show walking around with a beer in your hand. None of you people are Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number eight, if your first match, your third match, your fifth match all have the same type of spot that your main event has, did you really have a main event? I don't think you did. Number nine, a wrestling match is not what happens from bell to bell. It's what happens from the moment they see you, the fraction of a second they see you, until the very end that you pass back through the curtain. Remember that. Everything you do out there matters. Number 10, Simon Thurman should have been a performer of the year, period. And number 11, if you are a promoter and you are not trying to get Diana Michelle as your announcer, you have no clue what draws in the wrestling business. There. There's my two minutes. Damn. <laughs> that, was awesome. Damn. that was absolutely awesome. <laughs> I got to so, say. 
Tommy, Tommy, is it safe to say this is the kind of thing that you talk about with people who are close to you in the wrestling business? Is this the kind of discussions that you guys have? I don't give a damn if they're close to me or not. Things like that, I, I say what I feel. So, I mean, it, it's my opinions in wrestling. I think re- most people like to say that they think that the wrestling business is the best that it's ever been. Well, I disagree. I don't think wrestling is nowhere near what it was in the late 80s and 90s. I just don't. You do, yeah, I mean, there's just too much out there that people can see, you know. I mean, I was at a show in uh, LaGrange in January, and I call it a shit show for two reasons. One, it was horrible, and two, there was actually shit in the ring. A dude shit on himself in the ring. That's the kind of stuff that holds great promotions. That's the kind of too much of that out there. So, so obviously with pro wrestling circuit, I mean pro pro wrestling circuit seems to be your laboratory, right? You're getting to run it the way that you want it. You're getting to be in control. It seems like financially, you guys have got a good head on your shoulders. Um, what what can what's the number one thing everybody can learn from pro wrestling circuit right now? That the fans are the most important part of your show. Not your friends, not your mama. My mama pays her money to get her ass in my show. So does my daddy. And if my grandmama wasn't pushing up ages, I'd make her ass pay too. But you also <laughs> have to make sure get their money's worth. You have to interact with these fans. These wrestling shows don't have a red light. We have fans. We have fans. I see so many of the top workers in the state that go out there, they'll end up getting the best review. Uh, on the write-up, but from what I've seen, they didn't pay the fans any attention whatsoever. You know who liked the match? Their friends in the back. They were impressive. They did a lot of outstanding, acrobatic, just unbelievably athletic, very just, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, just energy-busting maneuvers out there. It was, it was amazing, but it looked like the first match, and it looked like the second match, and nobody paid a single attention to the fans, not once. Saturday night, I went out there and I said two words to one person, and the dude ended up throwing a chair at me, jumped around and tried to jump on me, and my two words was, yo mama. (laughs) I love it, Larry. Well, I do think there is, to, to some extent, it depends what kind of fans you're playing to. But I certainly think that's true of a lot of the places in Georgia, what Tommy said. Well, what is the name of that guy? That uh, that really good-looking guy. What was his name? He was he, he came. He defeated uh, Kevin Blue for the Pete State Champion. What's that dude's name? Theory. W, I think he's part. Yeah, Austin Theory. Austin, you talking about? Yeah, uh, right now, Austin Theory can walk to an Anarchy show and they love him to death up there. But when he walked his ass out at Pete State, they gave him a golf clap. It took him three months. So you're right. You have to know your audience. It took him three months to get a reaction from them Pete State fans because Pete State fans are storyline-based crowd. It's, I, I like to call it the young yeah. and the wrestling. If you're not doing the storyline like young and the wrestling, you know, now Anarchy, they don't care about storylines. They want you to get up there and go through 12 tables on fire with glasses as long as you do nine perfect flips before you land on your feet, you know. 
but that, that you got to know your crowd. I don't think I could be successful in anarchy. Mm. I don't. I don't think I could be successful. But I could go to Peach State, bend over, point to my ass, tell a fan your mama, and they hate my guts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you are talking about difference in, in regional differences, and I think uh, Middle Georgia is sim- more similar to West Georgia in that way in terms of what works. Um, yeah. Which, 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 like, I wouldn't work I, clearly like at an AWE show. No, no, it would not. You have to know your audience. The the Walmart lovers of Thomas in Georgia, I don't think an anarchy show would work well down here. So no. these these Dollar General loving that's all we got down here: Dollar Generals and and wrestling. That's it. And as soon as we can get Steel's fat ass from running looking at shows down here. Bringing in Tommy Richards, no who's having ass, we'll be good. But that's okay. <laughs> nice, wow. man. Well, thank you so much. You certainly brought it, and fucking the list was amazing. And, uh, you know, you're giving people a lot to think about and talk about, and that's what this was all about. So I thank you. You are welcome. Anytime. Just let me know because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really listen, so you kind of have to let me know if you want to, like, come back home, so. <laughs> you got it, man. Will do. Thanks a lot, Tommy. Well, the way I look at it is if I know what everybody else is doing, then none of my ideas are original. So I don't <laughs> need to know what they're doing. I just need to come up with my own ideas. If I know what they're doing, then are they really my ideas, or am I just copying like everybody Oh, I actually – oh. Gotcha. Tommy, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what you do on the 28th in Thomaston. Thank you, sir. Nice, man. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Uh, I apologize for, for cutting him off at the end. That was great, I thought. <laughs> oh, we got two more folks here, Steve. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, these let's are just whipped the, uh, by. Let's go to the Grand Canyon. What? We're going to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Hey, Are you there? Got on the line. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, this is Mike Griffin. I'm literally staring at the Grand Canyon right now. <laughs> oh my God! Have you ever have you ever seen the Grand Canyon before? Or is this your first time? Uh, this is my first trip out here. We came out here a couple days ago, but I, I wanted to make sure. Wow, it's there's some there's some cloud cover that's making it amazing because several thousand feet down, there are clouds throughout the Grand Canyon. It's uh, it's quite stellar. I still wanted to make sure I, I had time to come on, of course, and talk about Georgia wrestling, my favorite topic. But, um, yes, this is quite a scenic view I have while I'm talking about this. I bet, man. That is absolutely gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Matt. You're, you're the only person who did it last year and are doing it this year, and uh, I can't thank you enough. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I, because of the circumstances, I'm on a, uh, I was on the Colorado River today, and uh, I'm on a shuttle bus heading back. That's why I'm. Uh, we're, we're, uh, if I if I drop, <laughs> I told Larry if I drop, I drop. But I wanted to try to go ahead and get some thoughts in. I don't have anything particularly written out like your last guest, but uh, maybe I'll have a couple interesting thoughts. And if not, Stephen, feel free to shred me. Uh, like you do see now. <laughs> no, man. Uh, whenever you're ready, you just you do your thing. Sure. Uh, 
Well, basically, um, at the state of action wrestling is, uh, you know, we talked about it a year ago and things were looking up. Um, it's been a fantastic year for action wrestling. I've done houses, uh, the two high school shows that last year, March and April that were in the three hundreds. Unfortunately, a high school show that I had scheduled for this past January had to be rescheduled. Oh, uh, he's gone. He's gone from the Can Canyon. <laughs> maybe we'll get him back. Maybe, maybe we will, but I got to say, um, Larry, have you seen the Grand Canyon before? I've done the Grand Canyon, the, the, the length of it in a raft, uh, in a rafting trip. It was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. I remember going um, wherever I was in the country um, during Thanksgiving. A friend of mine would always come to wherever I was. If it was in Mississippi, then we then we tour around the South. Um, and then when I when I first got to Colorado, he came there, and we just went all over the Southeast. And I remember being, you know, the word sublime means to be awed by the magnificence and size of nature. That's what sublime means. And I really knew the definition of that word when I saw the Grand Canyon. If you've never seen it, um, go fucking see it, people. Like, it's it's really one of those things. It's, it, it, it makes you feel humble and also incredibly empowered all at the same time. It's truly a magnificent sight. It's amazing. And if and if you can go down it in a raft, even better. Just that's an incredible oh. experience from the beginning to end because of the climate changes, the temperature changes. It's it's real. It's some it's something else. So, all right, we've it's done our plug for the awesome. Grand Canyon. Yeah. And uh, no, we don't have Matt back, but we do have one more contestant, one more participant. Yes, sir. The incredible Huck. He's here. Oh boy. Oh man! Oh, saving the saving the most controversial for last, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, Larry kind of worked out the order. I don't think it's a coincidence that you are last, my friend. I think that was a very deliberate choice, um, and with that brings a lot of expectation. But I don't think you would have it any other way, right? Well, let's <laughs> let's burn this Mickey Sicky to the ground, then, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whenever you're ready to go, you just let me know and you just let her rip. All right, two minutes starting now. Yes, sir. Dear, dear Georgia Wrestling, what happened to you? You used to be so beautiful. Even when there was the, the Charlotte Coliseum and the Greensboro Coliseum, there was always the Omni. Georgia Wrestling. Before, there was Crockett Promotions based in Charlotte. There was Georgia Championship Wrestling. And Georgia, you were always the leader when it came to wrestling outside of New York. You was always the influencer. From the days of Georgia, Georgia Championship Wrestling to the days of Wild Side, Rampage, all of these things. At one point, you, weren't, you couldn't make it to the next level of wrestling if you didn't stop through Georgia. And somewhere along the way, Georgia, when I say Georgia, I mean not just the promoters, but I'm specifically speaking to the wrestlers. You started drinking your own fucking Kool-Aid. You started thinking that because you were the trendsetters, because everybody wanted to come to Georgia, you got lackadaisical. You started becoming um, 
lazy and, and you just started taking things for granted. Now I do know that there are so many Georgia wrestling, so many Georgia wrestlers, and so many people that's come through Georgia on a national scene. You have Priscilla Kelly, you have Kiara Hogan, and you you have uh, so many other great wrestlers that have come through Georgia. And at one point, when AWE had started this whole trend of Southern Strong Style, I started noticing in my travels that people were mocking what was going on in Georgia wrestling. People started wrestling like they were from Georgia. People wanted to have Georgia Strong Style matches. And now, for some reason, Georgia, you've lost your way. Get back to being hungry. Get back to having to show that you have a point to prove. Stop letting people come in from California and New York and the Midwest. Stop letting them come in and dictate what happens, not only in the Southeast, but specifically in Georgia. Let them know that you are better than them. Let them know that you are the stars and that you are doing them a favor by coming into this great state, allowing people like myself and Joe Black to come here and, and develop as wrestlers and to leave better than when we first came in. There we go. Two minutes, 11 seconds. <laughs> Did I lose you guys? <laughs> I, I, wait a second. Steve, are you there? Oh, hello. There, I had it. I had I had mute on so I wouldn't interrupt Huck. Oh, okay. Um, okay. No, you're you're all good, Huck. With that 11 seconds, we'll just take it from Matt Griffin. And so, like, there's a trend that I've noticed in Georgia wrestling, and and your speech sort of harkened to it. But that there's a kind of quiet disdain about Georgia wrestling from Georgia wrestling people. It's a trend that I've noticed, and it's not everybody. But there's also this notion, like, I, I just remember once, like, Dementia DeRose and Aja Pereira sort of derisively going, like, yeah, you know, Georgia, you know, fuck that shit. And I was just like, man, like, it shouldn't be that way. And sometimes it seems like Wheeler kind of has a hate, kind of a love-hate thing with Georgia. And I just think, like, I mean, I'm a big advocate of, like, man, that's where you're at. And, <laughs> you know, the foundation is there for guys to succeed. But I agree with Hutt that the key is to not go to just keep yelling long and loud, we're the best, we're the best, but it's to constantly prove it and to constantly take what's unique and emphasize it instead of this idea of, Oh, on the East Coast is where good wrestling happens. Up north is where good wrestling happens, and we need to do what they're doing. I think there's a way to – I think Southern Strong Style is a great sort of way to incorporate what's going on in other places but to retain an identity. And I think that that's very important, you know, very important. I, I think that uh, – I tell a lot of people that even though I'm from North Carolina uh, – Wrestling in Tennessee taught me how to become a character and, and work on my character development. But I didn't become an overall great wrestler until I started coming to Georgia and being around all the immense great talent that was in Georgia. And at one point when I first started coming to Georgia, 
it was if you weren't wrestling in Georgia, you weren't worth a damn. Everybody wanted to come to Georgia to wrestle. If it wasn't for Bill Barron's and Wildside, it was wrestling for Rampage. Um, and, it went, and a couple of years ago, it was every wrestler in, in, on the East Coast wanted to come to Georgia and wrestle for AWE. And now we see everybody's wanting to come to, like, Southern Honor and Southern Fried and things like that. But in the, in the process of all these people trying to come in, we, I feel like Georgia wrestling and Georgia wrestlers in particular, have lost their identity. And they've started believing that just because they're from Georgia, they, they consider themselves the best, and they don't work as hard to create a niche that, was spe- that Georgia wrestling specifically had at one point. It was I remember when I was growing up, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and by default, Crockett Promotions, that wrestling was real, and then everything in WWE was fake. And Georgia wrestling yeah. has always been known for being the territory where real men and real women wrestle that. And I think that Georgia wrestling has lost its way. Do you, do you think, Huck, that Georgia has as good of, or better homegrown talent than, than Tennessee or North Carolina? Or is that, or is that hard to judge? Oh, no. I, I would definitely say if you go um, pound for pound, I think that there's more talent in Georgia. And it's bad. And I hate to admit this because I'm, I'm, I'm a Carolina guy. But, uh, and I will always love my state, but I will say that with very few exceptions, um, Georgia wrestlers overall are better. Um, But it's because Georgia used to have such a great identity. I think the problem now is that Georgia wrestling, like I said in my speech, is that Georgia wrestling is starting to let people come from other areas and let them dictate what is Georgia wrestling instead of having people come into Georgia and uh, acclimate themselves to a Georgia style. Back in the territory days, you didn't go to Memphis and work in New York style. You had to learn to work a Memphis style. If you went to New York, you couldn't work how they worked in in Oregon. You couldn't work the Oregon territory style. You had to work a New York style. And I think that at one point, when you came to Georgia, you had to work a Georgia wrestling style. And people are now coming into Georgia, and they're not working this style. And that's why you start seeing older wrestlers uh, or more veteran wrestlers like Tommy Too Much and Simon Sermon and a lot of other veteran wrestlers getting very, seeming very bitter about it because they remember the identity that was Georgia wrestling, and they're starting to see Georgia wrestling lose its identity. Yeah. I mean, oof. Uh, Huck, you know, you got, you know, you have a big thing at Southern Honor, right? I, I, I sort of pointed this out. Like, you lost at the last show. But you immediately, in my opinion, like, got your heat back. And then, you know, now there's the challenge of Logan Creed, right? You got to wrestle Logan Creed uh, to get into the tournament. And you immediately just change gears. I mean, there, there's a obviously. I mean, you're at the top of your game right now, right? Um, and Joe, I think, has come along where he's at the top of his game. At least that's what it feels like. Hell, he may get even better. Um, do you feel like you're at the ground level, right? You're seeing all of this. Do you feel like there's a movement towards the guys? pushing themselves to get better and being competitive with things like promos and all that, or is there still a complacency? Because, I mean, you address complacency in your speech, but do you see signs that it's perhaps getting better, or do you just see it as, man, shit needs to, we need a total 180 with how things are going? I think that you see a competitiveness against the, the what you can consider the top 20 wrestlers in Georgia. 
I think they're oh, okay. top ten, the top twenty wrestlers in Georgia, uh, which for the most part I think would be the same throughout whoever you ask. I think there's a competitiveness with, with within that group. Um, when you start talking about the Logan Creed, the Joe Blacks, and myself, and the the AC Max, and and guys like that, and the Shane Marks, and the Genius, it's like you start seeing a competitiveness. Um, where it's like, I'm going to have a better match than you. My promo is going to be better than you. I'm going to have a bigger, better moment than you. I'm going to make the fans feel something more than you're going to make them feel it. But the problem is, outside of that top 20, people just, I think that wrestlers are just like, oh, I'm a Georgia wrestler and I'm on the same shows with these guys. I don't really need to get better. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, at Southern Honor, they, they cut promos after the show. Um, and there was, there was a couple people who I consider amazing wrestlers. And they were having a hard time cutting promos, a very difficult time cutting promos. Uh, and instead of buckling down and really nailing these promos the way that I feel they should have been able to do based on their talent ability, their talent and, and their level of ability, they started getting lackadaisical. And it was more of, I just want to get through this. I just want to get done. And that's, that's a, a prime example of what I'm talking about. It's like you can't, just because you, you're at the top, or just because you, you're good and everybody touts you as being good doesn't mean that you have a chance or you have the, the opportunity to wrestle your laws and just take it easy. Yeah. I, you know, even about these speeches, I mean, I, I sort of slammed people. Like, I killed for any opportunity. You know, if it was a promo on television, I, I was going to cut it. You know, where I was the lead-in guy, when they were just like, oh, we can we have somebody who will bring us in from the commercial break and the wrestlers all kind of looked up. So, I mean, this has been going on since 1998, <laughs> 20 years ago, it was that way. I mean, these, these guys had a chance to talk on TV and they wouldn't do it. And so I was just, I said so that literally I would come out of my matches and I'd be walking to the locker room. And they're like, can somebody do this fucking stand up for us, please? And I would literally walk over there bleeding, fucking sweaty as shit, torn up. And I would just go like, what do you need? And they're like, two minutes, tell us, you know, thanks for tuning into the blah, blah, blah. And then I would just fucking nail it. Bah! Right? Because it's like, you got to take those opportunities, man. And well, the Southern that, Honor thing, I mean, what if you and Joe had half-assed your, your promos and all of the lead-in videos and all of that shit? I mean, it, it wouldn't have been as big. It just wouldn't have been as big, you know? Well, I, I look at it like this. It's the fact that uh, even with that situation, one of the biggest, mo- the biggest moment of the year so far in Georgia wrestling history is not between two Georgia wrestlers. Ten years ago, or six years ago, when I first came in the first started wrestling in Georgia, that would have never have happened. There was too much pride in, with, with Georgia wrestlers. Ten, fifteen years ago, there was too much pride for to let somebody from the outside, outside the state, come in here and steal the steal the spotlight from them. You, you get what I'm saying, Steve and Larry? Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think yeah. that homegrown Georgia talent is they're more concerned with uh, getting on these gifts and getting on Twitter and stuff and, and becoming, you know, uh, social media famous and not realizing that there's a difference between making a, making a living as a wrestler and making money and making a living in wrestling. There's a huge difference, and they don't understand that. Yeah, man. So, but I, I, like I said, quit drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. Nobody is as good as you think you are. You're, Georgia Wrestling's not making the, the the statement it used to make even three years ago. 
You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, wrestling's getting better, and yeah, people are getting bigger crowds, but you're not making the statement you used to make. You're not influencing the rest of wrestling like you used to two, three, four years ago. But the potential is always there. The talent is there. I think if if Hold My Beer Hansen does come to that wrestling show that I'm going to. Now, this is a wrestling show that's running for the first time, right? But they Mm -hmm. have, like, a real strong, really unique viewpoint. Um, Now, now it's not the kind of thing that I would run, because it seems almost like, you know, it's called Pro Wrestling Action Heroes and Villains, and all the promos that I've seen. And by the way, I've seen a promo cut about by every single person on that show. What does that tell you, first of all? Right? <laughs> and I'm talking promos outdoors, promos in cars, promo like they've really set a mood. And then, I, you know, they, they got with me today, um, and they're like, Oh, just so you know, we're going to have a costume contest, so I know you're bringing your kids, and so, you know, dress as your favorite hero and villain, we're doing prizes for that, and we're doing this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, like, man, like, Florida's a different scene, man. I'm not saying it's better, but I will say, uh, I think Hold My Beer Hansen will be shocked at sort of the level of all these people doing this particular show for the first time, but I think he'll be a little stunned. I'll tell you this. They'll all look the part. All of them will have fucking real gear. All of them will have, you know, the guys that aren't as good as promos have managers that can cut great promos. Like they've really got their stuff together in a lot of ways in a different way than most places I see in Georgia. There are exceptions, of course, but I will say overall, the shows that I've gone to in Florida, um, on average, the average is better. Though I still think the higher promotions in Georgia are better than the best promotions in Florida. But I think the median and the mean is higher in Florida in terms of ring work, in terms of the guys working in lockstep with each other to create an effect in an overall show, not just about getting their shit in. I don't see that as much in Florida, even from promotions that are famous for having guys getting their shit in, <laughs> like Evolve and FIP. Even those shows, they seem to work a little more in lockstep. So, well, I think that, just I my think that was an influence. I think that's an influence from Georgia wrestling. Uh, I think that that's a mm. huge influence from from Georgia wrestling and the Anarchy days, and the days of Wildside, and, and even the days of, of PCW where it was more about the overall effect of the show and not any particular match. Yeah. So, there you go, guys. I hopefully, I've, hopefully I've created enough controversy again and everybody can get back in my social, in my DMs and text messages and Facebook messages and tell me I'm a piece of shit and I should retire and I don't, I'm what's wrong with the business again. So, yeah. Well, we, we, we have yet <laughs> to look forward to. Exactly. Thank you guys for letting me be on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Absolutely. Hawk. Thank you, man. Bye. Got it. We're going back to the Grand Canyon. I I was afraid I was afraid I would get cut off, and I think I was about thirty seconds in when I did get cut off. Um, yep. But, we hardly, uh, we hardly heard anything of your your two minutes. I don't think we got but a couple seconds. Well, go ahead and okay. let her rip, Matt. Go ahead and let her rip. Before uh, you. The state of action wrestling is, is honestly very strong. Um, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Georgia wrestling. Uh, I honestly consider action wrestling to be 
more in line with the national independent wrestling scene, more uh, more so than in the typical Georgia wrestling scene. Although, of course, I have lots of friends who are in promotions. Uh, I work I've worked with Southern Pride. I just did a battle royal myself last month for Peach State Wrestling. Uh, I'm sorry, you might be hearing my son cutting a promo by screaming in the background. I apologize for that. <laughs> um, but we do have two shows coming up. Last year, uh, for our high school shows, we did 325 and 360. Uh, I think we're trending very well. I don't like to make predictions on attendance, but we're doing very well for our March 20th Super Show 2. And April 24th, uh, I have a number in mind that I'm not going to, that I'm not going to publicize. But uh, I'm not going to publicize it, but if we hit that number, I'll be extremely happy. Uh, yeah. And I am going to announce her April 24th on this show. Uh, in from Australia, we have Shaza McKenzie taking on Danny Jordan. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes, that's, uh, that's, I just dropped it. I have not put it out there as well. We also have Alex Dane coming in to take on Bobby Flacco. Nice, man. Yeah, and that's uh, Matt, that's I, know, I, I, I think I, I it, just in short, I think the I think the thing with wrestling is I don't think that it's a long term thing telling everybody in the business to screw off and go on on your own. Um, I think there's a lot more longevity in working together. Obviously, there are people who don't agree who are having a lot of success, but that's what's worked very well for us in our two years. Nice. Now we're ready. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. So uh, I missed, unfortunately, I didn't get to hear a lot of the early callers in. I wish I had, but uh, what Huck was talking about was interesting. I heard most of uh, Tommy Too Much's speech was interesting. So it looks like you'll have an interesting post show. Yes, <laughs> I definitely agree lot, with that. Yeah, there's a lot to un- a lot to unpack here from these various speeches. But thanks, thanks a lot. I'm I'm glad you you were persistent. We were able to get you on. We're going to Brian Angel. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, well, yeah. Thanks so much. I wish I could have a longer conversation on it, but uh, oh no, man, I, I, I appreciate you going out of your way, man. I appreciate that. Uh, well, uh, we'll sound good, and uh, I do I do want to have more conversation about it. And of course, George Wrestling is, I don't know if it got through earlier, but it is one of my favorite topics, uh, of course, that, uh, you know, I have uh, two shows in March. I have a WrestleMania weekend show that's a part of the collective, which is going to be the biggest deal, uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, with WrestleMania, we're running with our friends Black Label Pro. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up with two shows in March and two shows in April, so I'm excited. Sounds great. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take off, but thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Matt. Appreciate it. Now, Mister Platinum, there's a guy who knows how to plug his shit. Boy, he gets he gets yeah. his stuff over. You got to, uh, and uh, it's the there's there's the sexy, and then there's the the necessary. And I think we're beginning to see those that are doing the necessary, they're getting rewarded for it. That means constantly promoting, constantly yeah. pushing your stuff, putting in the work, lining up the venues. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, you look at, you know, the Scenic City Rumble didn't happen, right? And it wasn't their fault. 
They dealt with it the best that they could. But if you're strong, you just move on. Like these kind of things happen to everybody. You know, if WrestleMania doesn't happen, does anybody think the WWE is going to implode? Of course not, right? <laughs> and that's how you got to be. Um, I it's, This year, I think it was the tale of two sort of opinions and tones. It was either shit's great, we just need to do this, or man, you guys aren't, this isn't nearly as good as you think it is. Um, There was just definitely two completely different camps. And I think that that alludes to that there, this is just my opinion, of course, but I feel that there is a changing of the guard taking place. And that friction is creating a lot of interesting opinions and dichotomies. It's part of the reason I love doing this state of wrestling because you get to hear what people really think and what they're really talking about. And I think one of the things that was highlighted by the uh, speeches is the different perspectives from people that are working in different areas of this show. And of course, one of the things that makes Huck's uh, perspective so invaluable is he gets to so many different places and works in so many different areas. But I mean, yeah. you know, like Tommy's speech about like what works in West Georgia and Middle Georgia that's not not going to work in Atlanta. Um, you know, there's you, you do have a dichotomy in in, in that sense as as well. Um, yeah, but there's a lot to lot to digest from from this. I'm sorry I wasn't more talkative during. I was kind of running traffic here to make sure everybody got on and and, and so forth during during the hour. Um, Steve, one other thing before we go, on your full disclosure, you mentioned about. Um, uh, PCW not getting their report in. They did get their report in. I didn't get it posted. So that's on oh, okay. not on uh, not on those guys. They did send their report in. Well, you know, it's funny because people were like, "Jesus, like you tore into Matt you t- basically I I tore into Matt Hankins twice." People were commenting. Yeah, you because did. you know, I got on him about <laughs> and here's the thing. I I mean, I'll just put this out about me. My goal is I like to say that I don't have an agenda except for things to get better and to improve. And so that means I go after everybody perceives that I have this person's my favorite and that person's my favorite. Everybody has thought that everybody at one time or another was my favorite. And everybody has thought at one time or another that I was totally running so-and-so down and I hated them. And that tells me I'm doing it right. (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) You know, and you could hear it in people's speeches, which I found very interesting. Tommy's, you know, not so subtle implication that like, oh, yeah, the the guys who review the shows have their darlings. And I I think what – and – that the, he's not entirely wrong at the same time. No. You know, um, he, at the he's... same time, uh, I mean, the tenor of the crowd is important, but I also think that just as wrestlers are really bad at judging the sizes of crowds, I think there's also a certain tone deafness from everybody to what crowds really think and what they really feel. Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges for me, for sure, in reviewing a show is my own personal opinions and, and reactions to matches 
versus, which Tommy highlighted this, versus the crowd's reaction. They don't always, by any means, match up at all. And I try to be respectful mm-hmm. of the fact that stuff gets over with the crowd that I don't care for and vice versa. Yeah. But I, I would say overall, um, this crop of speeches, I don't think there was a stinker in the bunch. It's going to make a, no. it's going to make a list very hard to do. Um, yeah. Like the difference is going to, it's like a game of inches this year. Whereas last year there was, the ones that were clearly at the top, the ones that were squarely in the middle, and then the, the two that, you know, or the three that made baby Jesus cry, right? And this year, the, the, you didn't really have anybody that made baby Jesus cry this year. Um, and you had, no, think, again, yeah. Everybody had something to contribute, you know. They, they all they all had some merit. There wasn't any, there were, there were no stinkers, I agree. None of them made baby Jesus cry. <laughs> well, Larry, I uh, I thank you so much for indulging my uh, strange sure. and wonderful ideas. Um, what's the next one? I remember there was another sort of themed show. That I have did, no like idea, couple... but it won't be next Tuesday night. There will be no no, no. next Tuesday night. <laughs> there will not be. Um, this year was also interesting because there's a number of guys that wanted to come back and talk at length which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. Um, I would love to do a show in the near future about the state of training in Georgia. A worthy uh, I think it's one. Of the, yeah. I think, you know, I'd love to hear from Robert Gibson. I'd love to hear from QT. I'd love to hear from AR because stuff's getting very serious as far as, you know, the level of the, I mean, you couldn't miss the pictures of the one fall with all the nightmare factory stuff all over it. Did you see that? No, I did not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cody Rhodes has not so subtly branded all of the one fall training school as the nightmare factory. Oh, really? I'll have to check. Yes, sir. And what does that do, Larry, when AEW, which is the hot hand right now in the national scene, um, I can't believe I'm even saying that, but they are. And so now the Cody, Cody Rhodes branded fucking wrestling school with QT running it, who's clearly, you know, I mean, this is an amazing time in Georgia wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't state that enough. As much as people might want to badmouth their poo-poo, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't valid criticisms. However, there are states that don't have zero scene. There are states that barely have a scene. Um, and we happen to be in Georgia, where the scene's very viable. Um, and we're right next to Florida, where the scene is incredibly viable as well. What, hey, Steve, one thing uh, that what you just said triggered to me is, is thanking, the, and you mentioned it on, on, one your, on your video, thanking Logan Frazier and Rob, uh, Rob Rod oh for these reviews and all the stuff that's coming in and the quality of, the, of, what their, review, of their reviews and stuff. It's just fantastic. I mean, it's, I can't it's thank them reviews, enough for, for what, they're, what they're contributing. And, you know, what, like Six you said, what other states is this? Six reports, Larry. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. you did what, you know, you were, you were the front of the bowling pins. Like you did the one, right. Logan did two, Rob Rod did three. And now he's putting out videos where he's talking about the shows that he attended and then the shows coming up. So now I don't have to try to cover that shit, which I'm well, <laughs> happy to not do, you know. And we have an offer from uh, Joe Brown from the Suplexes and Microphones um, podcast. He's going to try to cover some of the uh, Augusta stuff and send in some reports from that. Really? Which make which is tough for you know tough for us other other guys to get to. So yeah, wonderful. I mean, you know, if the professor guys can help facilitate some of the South Georgia promotion sending in their stuff. I really did. Who was the one who suggested that? You know, guys wrestling up north can go down south and the guys down south um, who are good enough can come up north. Proctor yeah, Croc. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I mean, that's how it's going to get better, right? right. <laughs> you know? How do you eliminate racism? Uh, everybody fucks everybody. That's how. Right? <laughs> and like, right. How, how can we bridge the gap? If there is truly a quality of show gap, I'll just lay it out there, right? If there's a quality of show gap, the easiest way to fix it Start interbreeding, and it'll fix mm-hmm. itself. Because once, once your, once who you feel competitive with changes, um, you inevitably have to change with it, right? And uh, you either change as as long as you're like, well, we're the best in South Georgia. Who the fuck wants to be the best in a region? Who wants to be the best West Georgia promotion? You want to be the best promotion, and once you start aspiring for something bigger, one of two things happens. You either improve or you die. And I'm a big advocate of either one of those, honestly. So anyway, we're we're definitely not going to have tipping point next week. We did three weeks in a row. Um, We'll see what uh, two weeks from tonight brings. Yes, we shall. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Thank you to all of the people who spoke. You did a stellar job. This has been the State of Wrestling Speech Edition of The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.